Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you are listening to the Anthony Esposito Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Anthony Esposito. Thank you for tuning in and giving this a listen. Today's guest is an amazing human being that I am proud to call a friend of mine. I have watched the development of her over the years, growing into an amazing, just an amazing human. Don't get me wrong. She's been pretty damn cool since day one. However, the evolution of her has been quite extraordinary. Watching her grow and evolve to basically the next level of being a human being and inspiring and changing other people's lives in ways that she never thought would be possible, let alone inspiring herself and changing her own life in ways that she never thought was possible, has just been quite the story. Without further ado, I'm not going to keep talking, but I present to you Jen Goldner. All right. Jen, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. So glad to finally have you on here. I felt like we've been planning this for a long time, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I can hear the smile in your voice. That's that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. It's Friday. Well, we're recording on a Friday, so you got that energy up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And real quick, I popped on and looked at your Instagram story. You have an air fryer now? I have an air fryer. I've, I've been trying to thinking of an air fryer for like the last year. In my head, I'm like, I don't want to have this big old thing on my counter. I don't need it. I have a stove. And I finally caved. And after a day and a half, I'm so thrilled. What was that dish that you were making in that picture? Because it looked incredible. Oh, that it was so easy. So my dinner was like 10 minutes. It was just edamame, corn, and tempeh. Yeah. I just threw that in there, cooked it, and then I used... Um, some like sauce and vegan sauce that I have on it. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it looks delicious. So my first question for you, where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania. So yeah, it's pretty much inner city Reading most of my life. And then I moved to Homestead, Florida for about three, four years. I'd say like second to fifth grade. And then we moved back to Pennsylvania. But most of my life in Pennsylvania. All right, cool, cool. Um, What's I want you to give me like your favorite childhood memory, either from that area or Florida, but just something that sticks out that you're like, this every time I think of it just makes me smile, makes me happy. Oh man, favorite childhood memory. And it could um, be a five, a favorite. It doesn't have to be the I, most favorite, in case I yeah. put you on the spot. But a favorite that just brightens your day every time. Uh, I think in general, it was just spending time with my siblings. It's it's kind of interesting because when we were in Florida, that's where I spent most of my childhood, you know, second to fifth grade. There's so many prime memories at that age. Um, we didn't go to school. My dad, quote unquote, homeschooled us, but he was going through so much, you know, in his own life that he mentally just wasn't capable to really care for us to the fullest potential. So we just stayed home and cooked and cleaned and worked and did stuff around the house. So favorite childhood memory was just spending time with my siblings. We lived in this apartment complex and house that had this building with like these animatronic figures in it. Cause my dad would build animatronic figures oh, that's incredible. and we would like run through the buildings and there was this like monster that jumped in this box and all this like crazy cool props and things to see. And it was always a matter of like, using our imagination. We didn't go on a lot of fancy trips, vacations, or do anything like that, but we used our imaginations all the time. I would like 
put mud on a tree and pretend I was a doctor fixing the tree or just playing with my siblings. It was always a matter of like creating something to entertain ourselves. I love it. I love it. So your siblings, would you say were your best friends growing up? Oh yeah. And now like my sister and I, she's like my best friend, which is funny because we've had our issues growing up as kids, but she's my best friend. That's awesome. That's awesome. Big shout out to your sister. Yeah. Go D. (laughs) All right. Now, much like me, you love your tattoos. Talk to me. I do. A favorite or your absolute favorite? I'll leave it up to you again. As you say that, I'm like pulling the sleeves up on my arms and looking like, where am I? It's so hard because they all have a story or my favorite. Um, My... Oh my gosh, that's a hard one. I, what would be the one that you would show somebody first? Like if somebody goes, oh, cool, you got some tattoos on there. And you go, yeah, I, here's the, here's yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think the ones I usually want to show first are always the ones with the with the meaning or story behind it because then you have something to talk about. And with me, I have a recent, I have a moth tattoo on my forearm. And I got that tattoo because uh, my dad passed away this year. So I have his signature and I have a moth on my arm. And the reason I got a moth was because when we were growing up, he would, he always did weird things to like get people's attention or a reaction out of something. He would take a moth, put it in his mouth, like dry out his mouth, put a moth in his mouth, and then he would pretend to yawn and the mouth, the moth would fly out. And he did this when we were kids. And I remember thinking like, how does he do that? That's right, so right. crazy that he like, it doesn't hurt them. He's putting his mouth open and then it flies out. And I just always thought it was something so magical. And he always had a way of like turning ordinary situations into like these really wild imaginative ones. So that's why I got a moth there. That in itself is just like what I feel like the quote of this whole podcast is turning ordinary situations into imaginative ones. That's how I would define you as a person. Oh my, yeah. And I think you have to do that. And everything that we do ties back to our mindset. I really believe that like everything stems from our beliefs. So if you just think things are negative and awful and are going to turn out bad, it's going to be pretty bad. But if you think like, you know, we're going to make something out of this. We're going to do something amazing. It's amazing how those situations find me right? because I choose to see them. You create the world that you live in, in a sense. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Now, much again, much like myself, you find that there's a lot of importance in doing good for others, uh, clearly Mm -hmm. from the things that you do. So tell me overall, how does it, how has it affected your life seeing that good in others? Like what's something that, that, you get out of that in a sense. I mean, obviously besides feeling good, because everybody can say, oh, I did something nice for somebody. I feel good about it. But like, has there been a a personal experience that you did something for somebody else? And it almost like was a change in your life. Like it impacted you as much as it impacted them. Oh my gosh. I feel like so many, again, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to think of particular situations, so many different ones. But I think in general, just trying to help people and do nice things. It's, it's, it builds us all up. I, I get no benefit out of if everyone's miserable and unhappy and in shitty situations. So if I'm building up someone else, in essence, that's building me and everyone else up too. And I think of it even as a small thing I talked about recently was I went to my daughter's school when they were closed because of COVID and they were giving out free meals to the students. So I waited in line and as I'm pulling up, I saw the people outside, they had touch pads. 
And I could see her hands were like dry and it was freezing cold. And this poor woman's using a touch pad and I had hot hands in my car. So when I pulled up, I'm like, how many of that of you are there? I have all these hot hands. Let me give you these. And that small little gesture, that small little me noticing that she was cold, noticing how many people they were. I have this item on hand, giving it to them. You would think I, I handed her a hundred dollar bill or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's those little things that just, and who knows what, what that's going to put in her mind. It may be something she'll do nice for someone else. I, I think it, it transfers on. Right. Because she's, and also it's going to bring the mood up because it might be like, okay, I'm doing this. This feels good, but I'm mm-hmm. freezing. My hands literally hurt. And all, all of a sudden she's got these hot hands. Her, she's feeling better. Her mood is going to change. So when somebody else comes up, she may be just come across more kinder to them. And somebody who was having a bad day in turn may go, wow, I needed that positivity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So now, I might just start that. carrying a lot more hot hands with me because I'm like, these, these can make a lot of people happy. <laughs> you, you totally should. By me right now, it's like eight degrees. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's well, I don't know how cold it is now, but it temperatures drop today. It is freezing. Absolutely. And I know it's winter. I know I'm in New York, but I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm developing an appreciation for the cold. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Don't you worry. Now, one of the things that I had first learned about you uh, when I first met you kind of I felt dealt with you doing good for others in the sense of the whole Mm -hmm. dumpster diving thing Mm -hmm. now and the average person will hear dumpster diving and be confused and go what in the world is that (laughs) which is great because you brought an incredible awareness to my eyes over where I was like I need to give this a shot this sounds Mm -hmm. wonderful there's so much waste happening there's so much that it's good and you can give to people in need rather than just mm-hmm. throwing it out. So talk to me about how you came across the dumpster diving, because I learned it from you. So talk about how you guys. Yeah, I mean, I heard about dumpster diving. There's uh, an activist by the name of Rob Greenfield, and he was actually traveling across the United States on his bright bike, bringing awareness to food waste across America. So he did not buy any food he literally just ate out of dumpsters along his way along the way and as he did this he was showing you know how much good food is being thrown away and I thought this can't be real so when he got to the east coast he came to Lancaster and Philly and I met up with him and helped him with some of these food fiasco projects he had and I was I was amazed and at that time I was one of those crazy couponers I had my binder I was doing all this stuff to get free products in the store and I remember thinking I'm putting in all this time to coupon, yet all these stores are throwing out this stuff that's still good. So that's what really got me into it. And then I just started, I just started going to dumpsters myself. And it is scary (laughs) because you have all these fears that come in when you're at a dumpster. So I remember the first time I would just like drive up and like peek in the lid real quick and then go away fast. I get it. The first time I took a peek, I was like, uh, it's going to be a (laughs) raccoon that jumps at my face. (laughs) Yeah. Or there's going to be somebody Anything. in there who's like, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah. What if an employee sees me? What if someone I know sees me? And it's all this like, what will someone think or say? And eventually you, you build up a strength to that where you, you don't, you don't care anymore. Right. Eventually if somebody goes, what are you doing in there? You explain to them what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you basically say exactly what you just told me. And I'm sure they'll come across, well, it, what we're going to call the cops. Isn't this illegal? Um, but mm-hmm. isn't there... Wasn't there an act that was passed for that? Yeah, the Bill Emerson Good Food Samaritan Act actually protects grocery stores from donating. But um, digging in 
dumpsters and going like it's 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 not illegal uh, in all 50 states. It's not. The only thing is you do have to check local ordinances because there could be local laws and things prohibiting you. So I always just say check your local ordinances. So, you know, I've known cops in the area where I live, too, and I've confirmed it with them. I had the cops show up once at the dumpster and he even said, he's like, you're not doing anything illegal. He said, I was just making sure you weren't dumping. He said, cause that is illegal. And you just have to look on the dumpsters. If it does say no trespassing, then you can't because then you're trespassing on private property. Um, or if it, if there's a sign or something indicating that, or if there's a lock, I always say never break locks or do anything like that to try to gain access to them. That makes sense. Cause that's basically vandalism, destroying that lock on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say are some good stigmas? Well, we talked about the stigmas, but the good facts, I would say, actually, about it. Facts that, things that you've come across. One thing that stuck out to me was the, the picture of the pet food. And I'll let you explain that. I feel like oh, my gosh, your sister yeah. was involved in that. What was that? I'm sorry. Was your sister involved in that? Yeah, well, she has a dog, so she's always like, I'll get dog food out of the dumpster. And you do have to check it because there could be potential recalls. So there could be a reason that it is in there. You do have to take safety precautions. But sometimes it's just overstock. And I think that was a big thing I learned was other reasons. We assume if something's in the trash, it's no good. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I had to learn that's not the case. Like, there's stores that will just have an overstock. And think about it. When you walk into your grocery store or your retail store, it's beautiful. It's fully stocked because we love aesthetically pleasing stores where everything looks stocked. So if it's getting close to its best by date, if they just have too much, those will be all reasons that they'll throw stuff away. And I did not realize that. And we actually throw away about half the food that's produced in this country. Oh, good God. Meanwhile, people yeah. are starving all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Now, uh, other than food, what are some other items that you've found in there? Oh, well, the, the pet food, it's not even just pet food or, or food that we eat. I get um, curling irons, blow dryers. Sometimes uh, stores will like to cut the cords to deter people like me from taking them, but there is a pretty easy solution to fix the cords if that's done. I've gotten like, it, it always upsets me when I find soap shampoo, hairbrushes, things that I, I always think like, oh, there's so many people that don't have access to this stuff. Um, like Spirit Halloween, they throw away, I've gotten animatronics out of the dumpster, Halloween costumes. And I always find that amazing because when you shop there, they'll say, would you like to donate this much money to this children's hospital? And I go, but you're throwing away all these costumes that could be donated to children in need. Exactly. It's just, it's so backwards. Oh my god! I didn't know that about Spirit Halloween. That's that's insane. Mm-hmm. And the soaps yeah, and, and the shampoos—they yep. could go to women's shelters or homeless shelters, and just anybody that needs this stuff. Mm-hmm. But sneakers, clothing, electronics, bed sets—I mean, you name it—it's in a dumpster. Jeez. What would yeah. you say was like probably the most expensive item you found in there that you were like, "That's absolutely insane that this is in here." Oh my gosh! Yeah, because. Honestly, it's usually things from like Ulta, which is a beauty store. I'm always amazed. I'll find like like a flat iron. I think I got like a two, three hundred dollar flat iron out of there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I did get a TV out of a dumpster once, but wow. it didn't have the cords. And I was like, I don't know if this works. So I'm just I just donated it. Okay. I didn't I didn't need it. 
Um, and that's what I do with most of the stuff I get to. Uh, there are some dumpster divers that collect what they have and resell it, which I think is awesome. You're still saving stuff from a landfill and giving it to someone at a lesser cost. And you're putting work and effort into doing that. Right. And the um, stores already took it for a loss. So it's not like you're stealing from them. Exactly. Yeah. Or donate it. And to me, it's just easier. I, I use what I can. I give away what I can. And then I donate the rest. That's incredible. Good for you. All right. Thanks. So, yeah. So now, it's my way of giving back because I don't, I don't have always like the monetary means to donate and give like I would want to. So it feels good that I can like still do something to help people. I agree with you. And it's, it's funny. There's times where like if you're at a, a register and they're like, so would you like to round up to 84 cents to donate to this? And you're like, no, that's okay. And they get, give you the look of death. You don't want to help these people. Like, no, uh -huh. I don't want to help people. I don't want to help your corporation with a big tax write off. I'm going to donate my own way and do it my, with my own. Thing. Yep. yep. I'll, I, I'll write I had someone say to me once, she was like, Do you know you're breaking my streak? And I was just like, Are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm breaking your streak of donations? Wow. Yeah. The obsessions with streaks are absolutely insane. The times that I hear people say, Oh, I've got to send a Snapchat picture. Oh, I, I got to keep my streak going. People and streaks, it's its a, this weird addiction that they form. So it's funny. That you yeah. So now, obviously, with your helping of others, which seems to be a really big part of your life and thing that you do, mm -hmm. would you agree that it helped you in realizing in a sense, okay, I'm helping everybody else out. How can I help myself? Or did you feel at points like, well, if I want to do things for myself, I don't want to come across as selfish. Like, do you have that inner battle at all? Mm, I think I used to a lot more than I do now. Yeah, now, good. I think I finally found that there's so much value into caring for myself. So I definitely love to help others, but I put myself as a top priority because if I'm the best version of myself, I, I've seen it. I'm, I'm a better mom. I'm more patient with my kids. I'm more attentive to their needs. I, I'm a better employee. I'm a better overall person if I'm happy. Yes, that's, yeah. that's what I say. You can't help others until you help yourself. Yep, absolutely. Beautiful. Perfect. So that brings my next question in. Helping yourself, talk to me about this amazing Wim Hof method that I've been <laughs> observing. My Wim Hof method, that's part of my self-care practice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Wim Hof, it, it, the Wim Hof method itself is actually three pillars. So it's cold exposure, breath work, and mindset. And I've heard of Wim Hof before. I think I, I saw his book at one point and I remember thinking, oh, it's some like really cool guy that gets into extreme cold temperatures. And I just completely separated myself from that. Right, like right. that's him. I'm me. I can't do that. Now, what did you learn about him in the sense? So for those who don't know who Wim mm -hmm. Hof is. Uh, um, he has a really tragic backstory, which is kind of sad. Um, he had a wife, I believe she had schizophrenia and she ended up committing suicide and jumped off a building and left him alone to raise four kids. Uh, and at that time he said he was struggling financially. He was just struggling. Like, how can I be a father to these four kids and cope with the, the loss of, you know, the love of my life. Uh, and he found that going into the cold offered him some sort of relief from that. And that's really what, what got him started on this, on this journey. Um, and he, he was one, he's like, I want this looked at scientifically because we're so skeptical. We'll look at things and go, 
eh, he's just being a guru or that's just hit like again all yeah. these excuses so that's crazy he, Why he, would you he that? put himself up for that and he like went through different studies and and had scientists look at him and see like no this actually has benefits on the body and the and the mind and they're still doing studies on it interesting what mm-hmm. benefits on the the body and the mind stick out the most Mm. at least through your experience of doing it so far from my experience it's definitely been more of the mental like some of the physical ones like it reduces inflammation in the body and that could be really beneficial you would know more about this with like working out i'm getting there i'm I'm working on doing a push-up so okay all right hey i know a guy so if you need help you let me know i'll talk to him (laughs) (laughs) oh nice yeah so like reducing inflammation in the body and a lot of disease starts that way um it boosts your metabolism so there's a lot of different physical benefits to it I, I, I'm really seeing the mental, I started getting panic attacks and just like the state of the world and COVID and my anxiety went up a lot and I went through therapy. I'm still in therapy. Mm -hmm. I tried different medications, just trying different ways to cope with my anxiety. I, you know, meditation, everything. And like, okay, well, let's see if this does anything. And I set out on a, a goal to do it for 30 days. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to see a change. It's not going to happen overnight. I have to commit myself to 30 days. And honestly, the first time I got in that, the cold and out, I felt something change in me immediately, which I wasn't expecting. But it's this this rush that comes over you afterwards. Um, I think like endorphins and everything else are kicking in. So you definitely feel this surge of energy. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's amazing how when you put yourself in an intentional stressful situation and you train your body to cope with that. Cause when you get in the cold, your first reaction is I want to get the hell out of here. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> that fight or flight kicks in, you breathe heavy. And, and it's amazing how for me, at least that parallel to when I would get my panic attacks mm. and I've had to learn, you know, okay, focus on your breath. And you just become so mindful and present in that moment that it's definitely transferring over to other areas of my life. With with my kids, I feel like I don't I don't snap or react. I'm much more calm. I just manage stress a whole lot better because of it. Anxiety's gone down. I haven't had a panic attack since I started this, so it's definitely doing something. That's incredible. Oh, I'm so happy for you. So I keep getting in. People are like, "You're still doing this?" I'm like, "I it's not for fun." Right. So isn't it amazing when people think you try something and it's just meant to end at a certain point? Like mm-hmm. you're reaping the benefits of this. It's changing your whole mind frame on life and how you're coping with life and how you're living your life. And people mm-hmm. will go, "Ah, you're still doing that crazy ice thing." <laughs> Yeah. But then those same people will go, "What can I do to help me with my anxiety or my this or my that?" And I'm like, Maybe a cold shower? Yeah. And they're like, no, I need to be be in a warm shower. I don't like cold showers. (laughs) Yeah. And I always say to them, I'm like, that was me three months ago. That was, I said that. I never liked the cold ever. Like I said about Wim Hof earlier, I never saw myself even being able to do that. And that's what's so great about this practice is it's accessible. Breath, we can all breathe. That's free. And cold exposure a cold shower, put your hands in cold water. You know, there's so many different things you can do to get access to this. You don't have to pay tons of money or do something, you know, crazy to try it. Right. You don't have to jump right into cryotherapy. You don't have to, Yeah. you don't even have to like you hop in the bucket and everything. And I, I say bucket, but you know, the, the tub and everything. You could just, like you said, start with your hands in cool water and just mm-hmm. feel it and get through the mind frame. The closest, I, I haven't started it yet. I really really want to after seeing what you've done 
But mm-hmm. the closest I've done is I've went for a run. It was probably about 28, 30 degrees. And winter hat, sweatpants, but I kept a, a sleeveless hoodie on. Uh, and 10-minute run, that's it. Nothing too crazy because it's, it's below freezing. But when I came back inside and I just drank a glass of water, the energy was caffeine-like. As if I downed mm-hmm. like three Red Bulls back to back to back. It was incredible. So I can relate to that that energy part you're talking about. Oh, wow. So you're going to try another run maybe in yeah. the cold? Today once, would be a great day. Once the <laughs> ice goes a little bit. Because right now, I'm going to hit some black ice. I'm going to end up cracking my head. So <laughs> once the ice yeah, goes I- a little, I am totally down to do it again. So, oh, nice. And like you said, it sucks. My arms were freezing, freezing cold, but I needed that exposure to it to try to see if I can experience it. So if anybody wants to try it, I'd say 10 minutes. Let Leave some type of limb out, whether it's a pair of shorts or uh, a T-shirt, but bundle up the rest. Uh-huh. Keep that core heat in, by all means. Oh, yeah. That's something I want to try. I'm like, I want to go for a run. I mean, and I've gone for runs before in the cold, but I'm like, no, I want to be maybe like shorts and a tank top or something and see how I can tolerate it. But it is a gradual, at least for the Wim Hof method, he always stresses gradual cold exposure. So I would definitely not suggest someone like run out and jump in icy cold water or do anything like that, you know, and you have to know your body through this as well. Like people with cardiovascular diseases and issues shouldn't do this. So yeah, definitely check with your doctor and know your body. Oh, without a doubt. Anything that involves your body and affecting it in a certain way, always, always get checked. Make sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, do you have that polar bear plunge by you? Is there like any type of association like that? I did. I found there's there's a couple of them around me. The one they just postponed because of COVID. Understandable. Yeah, but there was another one I was looking at, and I got in t- contact with them, and they said kids could do it as well because my daughter's 11, and she's like, Mom, I want to do the polar bear plunge. Nice, nice. I was like, oh, really? Maybe we could go together. So I, I think it'd be it'd be so cool for her to do it. She actually got into a, a, a really, I wouldn't say ice ice bath, but it was really cold, and it was, it was amazing. She just didn't stay in long, and she did it by starting like she took a cold shower, she took a cold bath the one day. She had me. She was in her bathing suit in the bathtub, she, and she was cold when she got in. And she's still in there for like 10, 15 minutes. It's like pool water, though. It's just cold water in the house. So right, right. She's like, "Mom, no, you have to stay in here. I'm still in it." I'm like, "You're basically in a pool right now. I, it's <laughs> 10 minutes. I, I think you can get out now. You're good." It nice. was cool, though. That's so cool, though. She wanted to impress you with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was so cute. That's awesome. How about your son? Was he like, nah, not yet. Nope. <laughs> he has no desire to. And that's what's cool. And I think they see everything that I'm doing. And I'm modeling that like I'm doing things I want to do. Some things I'm good at. Some things I'm not. And I'm hoping that it's really inspiring them to do whatever they want to do. And that doesn't have to be what I'm doing. Right. And, that's, and that it's not necessarily the norm. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good for you. Oh, we embrace weird in this house. Just just before our call, I had Star Wars bad lip reading on. Yes. My son and I were dancing to the in the kitchen. And I'm like, is this normal? Is this what people do? Because this is what we do. And I love it. It wasn't the one by chance with Yoda singing, was it? it that was the first one. And then the next one was, oh, what's it? The future. Uh, into, yeah, it's not the future. I don't know. One of those. But yeah, the Yoda one. When he says like, beating on his head with that stick like we all yes. start like ooh, ah, 
I do the same thing. If anybody <laughs> is listening to this, I put that on if you need a laugh. If you're having a rough day, you just need a smile or you want something funny, look up Bad Lip Reading Star Wars dub uh, with Yoda singing. It's, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, and you have to watch the Yoda one first. It's the best. Absolutely. So talk to me more uh, about your – so um, you work. Talk to me career. What do you do for a living? I do. It's always easiest to tell people I'm a social worker. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm a supervisor for, um, for a group of service coordinators. So I help people coordinate services waiver services in the home so that they can remain in the home versus like a nursing facility. So people with disabilities, um, maybe they need uh, an aide to come into the home and help them or a personal emergency response system for emergencies, you know, all that stuff that you might need that's going to help you stay in the home versus a nursing facility. Excellent. So your whole life is helping others. <laughs> yeah. Everything you yeah. Yeah. I've always worked in the helping field. I, I love it. Very cool. All right, I'm going to hit you with just a bunch of questions now. Just random questions. Feel free to answer it however you like. Rapid round. Yep, exactly. All right, COVID's gone. We're in a place where everybody's health is good. We don't have to worry about catching this stuff. You have a flight ticket to go one place and enjoy for a week. Where are you going? Oh Anywhere in the world. Gosh. That's something I've been thinking about, too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I really lately, for some reason, I've been thinking about Alaska, which I never used to even think about going there, but I really want to see like the Aurora Borealis and, and the sky and do some like really cool cold submersions and things there. So I would love to go somewhere like that. That's all. Awesome. I, was, I was just going to say, it's got to be the ice tub stuff talking, the Wim Hof stuff talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that wouldn't be, mm. But, but if it would be that, and I also say, I, I really want to travel with my kids and I want us, especially after COVID, that's all we keep talking about. We've not had a family vacation anywhere really in the last two, three years because of COVID. And I keep saying, we need, we, we need to go and, and explore and have a vacation together. So right now we're like looking up the United States. I'm like, oh, let's look up different landmarks or different places. And I really want them to be a part of the planning process now that they're getting a little bit older and they're having fun saying, oh, how about this place? Or how about we go here? So we still haven't decided, but we, we've heard like Niagara Falls, Grand Canyon, all these different places. So I'm excited. Very cool. I hope you get to do it all, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that would, that's my overall a long-term goal is I want to travel. I feel like we're given this short life here. I don't want to see just one city and state that I live in. I want to see it all. Right. I don't want to go to the same place every year and not see so much other parts of this, this world. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. All right. So you're at a park. Younger you is at a park. You're on the playground. You're like, all right, I need to sit down for a second. You're sitting on a bench. Current you walks up to you. At, you're at an impressionable age. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Mm -hmm. Man, that's 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 my pausing thing question. No, I'll take your There's time. There's so many things. I know. Um, <laughs> I think I think I, I would honestly just keep it simple and just say like everything's going to be okay. Because when you're going through life, it, so many things can feel like out of control or you don't know what's going to happen, but it, it's really going to be okay. And and you're allowed to be happy for you. Um, 
I'd be afraid, like, I wouldn't want to say anything that would change any of the trajectory of my life because I'm so grateful for everything that happened. I would just want my younger self to know that you're not alone. Like, I'm there with you. Because you really are in a sense. That's a lot of, like, inner child healing stuff is going back and revisiting yourself as a child and... That's all we are. We're 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 adults with 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 that that kid that was once us still inside. Yeah, we just happen to age a little bit. You know, we lose mm-hmm. our, we tend to lose our imaginations. We're told, you know, it's time to become an adult. And yeah, there's certain responsibilities and things that we have to now do. But there's still yeah. aspects of, like you said, you were watching Star Wars videos, laughing it up. Oh, yeah. And like, keep see, I wouldn't have to tell my younger self that, though. I'd say, like, keep playing because I never stopped. I always find such value in that. And my daughter will say to me, she's like, Mom, you're weird. You're not like the other moms. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm me. Exactly. You're like, that's why you're hopping in the shower for 10 minutes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I always say the same thing. I would go up to myself and I would just go, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then I would walk away. And younger me would probably be like, all right, there's some creepy dude here talking to me. I need to get out of here. But <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's something I would totally do. Oh, where's your travel place then? I feel like I want to backfire these at you. Where would you go? All right. So I've been to Italy. I absolutely loved mm. it out there. Gorgeous. Amalfi Coast. Like, I would, if I could move my business out there, I would totally move there. Just oh, wow. Come on out with me. I, it's just so impressionable. Everything is just so perfect. You're out there, you're like, man, I'm going to put on some white pants and a linen shirt. <laughs> and just the scenery is gorgeous. The people are kind. The food is just so pure. You don't have to ask, can I have the gluten-free bread? Can I have the organic pasta or non-GMO? Mm-hmm. It's just clean sourced. So wow. It's, it's mind-blowing. And just watching the way the sun set on the ocean. I know I was perhaps in some vacation-y type spots, but... Yeah, it mm-hmm. was it was incredible. But to go to a place I haven't been to, uh, mm-hmm. in the United States, I'd love to see, I would just love to see California. Oh, yeah. You know, it just seems so fun. Or even possibly Austin, Texas, just to see uh, mm-hmm. just a different style of life. But besides that, either Spain or Australia. Those are two big places I'd love to go. Oh, Australia. That would be cool. Right. Just a whole oh, man. lifestyle. I get back another day of my life because <laughs> of the time change. <laughs> That's the secret. Right? It's, the, it's what it is. It's the time travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so those those would be the places that I would I would choose if I had to pick a place that I've never been to. But if somebody said, hey, do you want to go to Italy? I'd go, yeah, because there's another half of that country I haven't saw yet. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be incredible to see. Yeah, I highly recommend it if you ever get the opportunity. One day, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now tell me a current favorite quote of yours. It doesn't have to necessarily be a quote that you heard. It could be something you created as well. But a quote that at this moment just resides with you. That if, if you had to write it down in your yearbook kind of thing or your journal or anything, that this quote just gives you goosebumps and you get the endorphin rush real quick from it when you hear it. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Uh, I'm such a quote person too. Like I, I'm one of those people where I'm always like, I, I like if you post something, I'll quote it or or say something with it because I think there's so much value to that. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. And and for some reason, all the Wim Hof ones are going through my head right now. So okay. I'm like, is that the one I want to say? But 
I think it's going to be a Wim Hof one because that's just where I'm at in my life right now, right? The quotes we think of reflect where we're at. But one he always says is, if we always choose comfort, we never learn the deepest capabilities of our mind. And that... That's been standing out because that's been my driving force and everything is comfort is nice. And I've been in those situations where I've been in places I've lived, people that I was with, you know, it was comfortable, yes, but that yes. doesn't mean that it's good for me. Yeah. Comfort to me, comfort, it's nice at first, but it's the end of your growth period. Yeah. And if you want to grow, you're going to have to get uncomfortable and learn to deal with that. So that's what I'm doing. There's times I don't want to do it. And I'm like, I either got to go to the fear or that fear is going to come to me. That's right, another right. Wim Hof quote. I like it. <laughs> go to the fear. Nice. Nice. I, and I agree because you, again, you never thought you'd be hopping in a freezing cold tub with ice cubes in it. Yeah. And yeah. you did it. You know, as scary as that has been nerve wracking as that could be. For me, it was mm-hmm. opening up a business on my own. I don't have a business oh. degree. I had $50 to my name. So being able to open up a, a gym and run it, and I'm six and a half years into it, it's you got to oh. get comfortable with being uncomfortable if you want to take it to that next level, in my opinion. So Yeah, and there was so much unknown with that. Like You didn't know if you'd succeed or where. So yeah, that that's all fear-based, and you have to step into that. Yeah, and I would much rather if it... If it didn't succeed, my mind had no other option. There was no way that it couldn't. I mm-hmm. It wasn't even 99.9%. It was 100% this will succeed. I, I would have bet my life on it. But if by chance it didn't, at least I know I tried. Mm-hmm. And who's to say I can't try again in the future? Mm-hmm. If something doesn't happen right away or the first time you do it. There's a, a quote from Eric Thomas where he always talks about how it took him 12 years to get a four-year degree. But, wow. but he stuck it out and he did it. So, mm-hmm. and now he's got his bachelor's degree. And well, now he's got his doctorate. I mean, he continued on, but it's all about doing it. And this was a guy who was a high school dropout. His family were never got past high school, so he was the first one eventually to go back and get his GED. Then he mm-hmm. got his associates, and then he worked ten more years to get his four year degree. But he did it. So, wow. Yeah. Dedication right there. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I've got one more question for you. All right. You ready? Uh, I hope so. The answer is four. Damn it. You knew it. Uh, (laughs) I was going to ask, what is one plus three? It's very similar to two plus two. Ah. (laughs) My question is, five years from now, you put this podcast on. And you're like, oh, my God, I haven't listened to this forever. Let's let's listen back to what I was talking about back then. What is one thing that you would like five years from now, Jen, to accomplish as well as like a message to you in the future that you play back and go, yeah, that worked. That was good advice. Oh, wow. So it's a two part question. Yeah. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Are you doing all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's my little message to myself. Um, That's a good one. That's legit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking because I definitely have the shorter term goals, longer term goals, and and I, I a lot of goals. I'm a mom, so a lot of my goals revolve around my kids. So I think like, okay, oh my gosh, and my son's going to be 18 in five years. Oh my I, God. I think I was just coping with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and within five years, I want to be 
living on land with my sister. That's something that we're working towards. We want to be more self-sufficient. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to talk like we already have it because that's part of manifesting. We have it. We yes. have our own farm. We have animals. We're growing a lot of our own foods and I'm self-sufficient. I, I want to be working for myself. And I, I love I love sharing my story because I'm finding that in doing that, it's inspiring a lot of people to live whatever theirs is. It doesn't have to be identical to mine, but do things that are uncomfortable or try different things. And I really want to be in five years. I want to, you know, build up a social media platform that I'm able to do that and share more with people and coach people one-on-one. So that's, that's, uh, that's my, what I hope to see myself in, in five years and where I want to be. And, 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 and you said a message to myself. Was that the other part? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's a little message you'd like to, all of a sudden you hear it and you're like, huh, that message came true. That was good. Oh, I think it's almost, it's almost like, like my younger self talking to my future self. I just hope you're happy. Like you continue doing what makes you happy. And that's all I really want is to be happy because that's what we deserve. Absolutely. So you would say to yourself, let's say, Five years from now, you play this again. It's a reminder. Hey, don't forget to be happy, because that's one of the most important things that you can be. Yeah, and you and I'd probably tell myself like you've been through so much. There's there's nothing you can't handle. So like wherever you're at at this point, whatever, who knows what future dreams I'm gonna have in five more years, or how much bigger all of this can get. So right, right. keep dreaming because I I have the the ability to do anything that I, I set my mind to. So if you're thinking about it, you need to do it and put in action. What are you doing? Okay, here's here's me talking to my future self. Jen, what do you want right now? Okay, that's great that you want that. What are you doing to actually get it? Cool, let's do that. Do it now. Did you start? No, do it now. Like that's going to be my message to myself. That's awesome. I'm going to play this back for you in five years just as a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, yeah, what, what, and I think I'll have an answer. I, I always tend to know, like, oh, this is what I want right now. This is what I want right now. So, yeah, I'll know then. I love it. All right, Jen, thank you so much for being a part of this. Like I said, I'm super excited we finally got the chance to do this. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. It's always great. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, that concludes another episode of the Anthony Esposito podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Big shout out and thank you to Jen Goldner, an amazing human being as you've learned through this. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. And if you guys decide to do any of these things that we had mentioned on here, keep me updated. Drop me a message. Shoot me a text. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Anthony Esposito on Facebook. Anthony Esposito Fitness on Instagram. And you can reach Jen yourself on multiple social media platforms, including TikTok. Her username is at J-E-N-N, two N's in Jen, underscore N-N-I-F-F-E-R. Jen underscore Enifer, <laughs> where she's got 234,000 followers. You can also find her on Instagram. Look up N-N-I-F-F-E-R-F-X. Or on YouTube, uh, look up Jen Goldner. Or the YouTube address is youtube.com slash user slash J-E-N-N-G-U-L-D-N-E-R. And of course, we can't forget music production by the one and only shapeshifter of True Scientist, where you can find him on Instagram at shapeshifter, that's with an A-N-Nick underscore of underscore true dot side. Again, any of the links to the social media will be in the description on whichever platforming service you are using to listen to this. 
And once again, thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another amazing guest. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends all about it. And most of all, just keep being an amazing human being. Enjoy. Enjoy.